The views expressed on the International Internet Strangers podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the United Kingdom, the United States, their respective societies for the prevention of cruelty to animals, or postal services. All right, welcome back to the International Internet Strangers podcast. Got it and won that time. I'm still Damon. And I am still Zen. Previously on the International Internet Strangers podcast, we went over the first what, one, two, three, four, five, six, first six songs of uh, a mix that came, came to me without a title. I, I think I asked you what, what I should call it, and it, it ended up being dubbed Zen's Random Stuff. <laughs> Very creative. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on the on the mix so far? Hmm. Well, I think that's an interesting point. It's just that the concept of naming a mixtape had never occurred to me before oh, I started wow. talking to you. Um, that was a new concept for my tiny brain. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably why I called it Zen's Random Stuff. Fair enough, yeah. I mean, my, my tapes always, or not always, but they started off with very basic naming structures. Um, the first three... Like the, I had done some like as a real young kid, like 10 or whatever. Mm. Uh, but in my, my second phase, I guess, of, of tape making and well, started eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, uh, the, the first tape was just called rock and yeah. then rock two and rock three. <laughs> uh, and then they got more genre specific titles depending on what they were. And it kind of grew out from there, but yeah, I've, I've always, I, I need to know what it is. Yeah, oh, it's. A, I like it. I, you know, and now as as an old and wizened marketer, the idea of not giving something <laughs> a branded concept is uh, is very worrying to me. You know. <laughs> of course. Uh, so so looking forward to to this recording. I kept thinking, like, all right, well, I, I want to bring a little more to uh, you know to each song, but the only song I could think of ever was shinobi versus dragon ninja <laughs> i don't know why i kept coming back to it because it's an okay song it oh, if if you ignore the behind the, the music's part of it it's yeah it's fine it's it's all right it it's definitely of its time but it's not bad yeah but but whenever i was like all right well it's got like the bass the the, the good riff and I only just realized how much like Linkin Park it sounds. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd ever really compare like, the two I, in my brain. But now you've said that, it's like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's the just... Welsh it's Linkin just, Park. Yeah, just Chester, no uh, Mike Shinoda. But mm. uh, it, it's one of those things where at the time, obviously, there's a huge difference between Lost Prophets and Linkin Park. They are different bands. That was basically it. They are different, so they sound different. There's more rap in the Linkin Park, but now that, like, ever since Linkin Park kind of stopped being a rap group at all, mm. that kind of ties it back in a little more easily. But there, it reminds me of uh, some BuzzFeed article or YouTube vi list video mm. of uh, songs where people think it's by the wrong artist okay yeah and yeah the, yeah and the song bitch by meredith brooks was on there and people think it's alanis morissette and like yes. how do you 
But then I heard it with a fresh brain. I said, oh, obviously you think that's Alanis Morissette. You weren't 12 years old and having a radio DJ introduce it. Yeah. Three or four times an hour. <laughs> the the so, one that always uh, comes to my mind when you think of songs that people always get it wrong is uh, uh, Bobby McFerrin, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Oh, Everyone yeah. always thinks it's Bob Marley. It's like, That's so weird. No, no, no. no, no. And, and it totally <laughs> it totally negates uh, Bobby McFerrin's whole thing, like his whole acapella thing. Like if, if you think that's Bob Marley, you're ignoring the gimmick of the song. That's that's actually one of my one of my pet things. It's not a favorite thing. It's not necessarily a peeve, but it's <laughs> it's a thing I always think about is stuff that's labeled Bob Marley that is obviously UB40 <laughs> yeah. or. Well, now, now you're taking me back to the days of uh, naughty illegal downloads. Yeah. And, you, you know, uh... internet speeds were just treacle-like, incredibly slow. And yeah. you'd click on something thinking it was, for example, Bob Marley. And then you'd open it up and it's something completely different, not what you wanted at all. Yeah. And you, and you would have waited. That would have been your commitment for the evening. Yeah. Is you're going to get Bob Marley doing Hotel California yeah or uh what were the other good ones um you know weezer it was labeled as weezer doing mrs robinson it was the Lemonheads. yeah um there were some really really classic mislabeled ones i was lucky i never got like there was like some bill clinton clip that people ended up downloading when they thought it was like sublime <laughs> right oh. I remember on uh, Audio Galaxy was was the first one I used. There there were all these ones claiming to be Tool doing like a Sublime song. Okay. Like basically that. early clickbait, you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then it's like a, a third group. It's neither of them. It's yeah. you know some obscure group from Pasadena. But I mean, thinking back on that whole phenomenon, what was the point of it? Was it just like trolling? Or, you know, surely the people who did that weren't getting anything out of it. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't. No, you couldn't, unless you were like embedding, you know, malware into the file. This is true. But there's no real benefit to saying, you know, I can't think of more examples, but saying (laughs) he's like, oh yeah, this is definitely Tool, you know, Tool performing a reggae song yeah yeah. a reggae inspired song yep santeria by tool these things all add up they love playing in four four time i mean i would love to hear that if that was a thing but uh... yeah one of those things like the uh i i, I post these uh, every once in a while when when i get them my the when i'm burning cds now mm. the it burns the metadata wrong Yes. Like when I put the disc in the computer, it's fine. When I put the disc in my wife's car and it shows the title and artist, it swaps them. And then the last few tracks, it doesn't even have anything. I I really like those. You post them on um, some social media channel that we're connected. I try try to put them on on the, I I put them on Instagram and then they go over to Facebook as well. But they, they kind of accidentally create these amazing like alternative reality cover songs that yeah 
Well, and it's especially fun because because most of the, of the mixes I, I make these days are for my nieces. Mm. Uh, it's called Project Sobrina, Sobrina being Spanish for for niece. Oh. There's a nephew in the group now too, but uh, once they turn eight, they get a CD player and a, a mix, and then there's one for every birthday and then one for, for Christmas that the whole group gets. Oh, that's nice. Uh, but yeah, on this on this most recent one, um, When Doves Cry by Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> uh, it was a good one. There's a Light That Never Goes Out, performed by the Four Tops. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, this one, this one sounded really, like, genuinely interesting. Bebop Alula by Van Halen. Yeah, I can imagine it. I can totally see that. Because they, they love doing, like, the, the older rock and roll stuff and bringing mm. their just big, heavy guitar noodle into it. And especially, like, David Lee Roth era, like, fun Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's something I never, as a kid, understood because I had this mentality that if you're a heavy rock band, the heavier you are, the better it is. Okay. And that's before I'd heard, you know, like unlistenable, like Meshuga and Nile and stuff. Like, oh, you're just being heavy because you can. Yeah, it, it but, does reach a point. I know a lot of metal fans would obviously disagree with this, but I personally feel like it reaches a point where it's just noise and I don't enjoy it anymore. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. I'll put on sun as background music, but I can't mm. say I like a specific sun song. Mm, okay. They're, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Van Halen's Bebop Alula would be pretty good. <laughs> oh, that, that's what I was saying. Uh, heavy for, for heavy sake. So I was like, I don't understand why everyone's sad that, or upset that David Lee Roth left the band and Sammy Hagar joined. Sammy Hagar is a more aggressive, heavy singer. So they're, getting better at what they're supposed to be <laughs> but now outside like dropping that uh that filter from it david lee roth's way more fun yeah and just more fun songs to listen to and that's why people listen to there's obviously the guitar stuff there's amazing instrumentals and the harmonies but it's they're fun they're mm. a party band yeah i mean that's that's what i think you. of them as anyway but uh yeah it's funny isn't it these kind of weird conceptions is that the word i'm looking for these weird ideas we have in our heads when we're yeah. younger about bands and i don't know and how they're supposed to be and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, don't know. I, I i guess some people carry on thinking like that as adults yep. you know you always get those people who, when an artist brings out a new album that's slightly different to what they've done before, they're like, oh, I hate it, it's rubbish. Well, it reminds me of the back on the Incubus message boards. And this is a thing that still goes goes on like all over the place, but that's where I, I really grappled with it for, I like to think the final time, this idea of a true fan. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny to think that these people were, were on the internet saying if you're a true fan of this band of incubus specifically mm -hmm. you will only like the manic stuff they wrote as teenagers exactly it's it, they're basically saying yeah it was basically oh yeah i i only liked incubus when they were a red hot chili peppers cover band that was yeah. that was the peak for me it's like yeah all right it's 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 very hipster isn't it i liked them before they were cool yeah I don't know. Uh, although I, I do still have that in a couple of situations with just the worst bands. <laughs> really? 
because I, and I, I can't listen to it too much anymore. Uh, both of these, but the first bloodhound gang record, which is the first one, the first one's called use your fingers. <laughs> okay. So I, I first heard of bloodhound gang, uh, my friend Kendall, uh, who I, I had a big mixtape exchange with through mm. the mail for a long time uh, after I, I moved from Idaho to England. She had uh, older brothers who had cool, weird music. And one of those songs was uh, Bloodhound Gang song, You're Pretty When I'm Drunk. Yeah. Um, which also acapella reminded me actually of the Cosby Show theme. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have and, to compare uh, those at some point. Sorry, yeah. carry on. You know, fake, uh, you know, mouth trumpet and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I knew that song. That was the only Bloodhound Gang song I knew was You're Pretty When I'm Drunk. And then uh, spring 2000, spring or summer 2000 on Radio 1, I heard The Bad Touch. I'm like, oh, hey, this is that band Kendall liked or, or whatever. And that's two albums since use yeah, your fingers because yeah. there was use your fingers then there was one fierce beer coaster that had fire water burn mm -hmm. which like typically if someone's like oh yeah bloodhound gang before the bad touch it and then there's hooray, yeah. hooray for boobies with the bad touch um i still haven't listened to all of i think either of those albums but i still have the tape where i borrowed my friend's copy of uh use your fingers and i've got that on there and then the other band I do it with, that's not worth doing this with. You know, I, I only like the first album. I'm really into their first album, Limp Biscuit. Okay. $3 bill, y'all. Fairly into $3 bill, y'all. I'm okay with Significant Other. And then when it came out, when it came out, I felt like Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water was rushed, mm. poorly thought out, and not the product that it could have been clearly it was the product it needed to be because yeah. that I'm, was so mainstream i'm trying to remember i can't even remember what songs were on that um, uh that's that's rolling okay. uh my way uh, hot dog if if you want to say fuck a whole bunch of times <laughs> uh yeah i the, don't know it's i i kind of feel like isn't that I don't know? I'm I'm backtracking now on the whole hipster thing, but oh sure, I, sure. I guess isn't that just quite natural that if you get into a band, the album that you get into them through yeah. is usually your favorite, um, and the one that's most like nostalgic. Yeah, I guess. I, 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 mean, I, I, guess, I guess that makes sense. Just as long as you're not a dick about it, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm not, yeah, I, I definitely don't try to flex on people like, yeah, but the, uh, the Rip Taylor intro on Use Your Fingers is, and I'm not, also not saying either of these records are genuinely good. Sure. Yeah. But they're just the ones that, that I know. Hmm. Uh, all right. <laughs> should, should we get back into to Zen's random stuff? Let's do it. Okay. So we are up to track seven. Ooh, I wrote this down because it came to me when it came to me, it was listed simply as untitled. Mm. Uh, but I, I've shazammed it now. We found it. It's on the Spotify. It's on, I think it's on the YouTube playlist as well. Uh, it's a song called Kanudu 
Kambaldelam by Nitya Shri, which I actually saw spelled several different ways, but this is this is the song. Should I turn that up? No, it's good. Okay. I don't know that that's showing up. I'm going to give it just a little boost. again mm -hmm. so so how, how, did, how did you come across this one so i've been really trying to remember <laughs> <laughs> and i just don't have any idea well i have some theories but um so i looked this up and this is from a 1998 indian rom-com called jeans yeah i found that as well yeah so i don't know because like my mum had a few Indian friends. My sister's best friend was Indian. Okay. So it might have been through one of those avenues, but I don't know. It's just uh, it's a good song. It, I mean, that's that's the thing. It it's yeah. this song slaps. I <laughs> like even even two thousand two Damon who had no real concept of of uh, Indian media. Mm. This, this was good. I was like, I don't know if I should like this, but I love it. And it, it's one of the songs on here that's really held up the best. Yeah. Um, yeah, th but that that movie Jeans. Mm. Uh, at the time, most expensive uh, Indian film that had been made. Really. Which you and don't it's... expect from from a rom com, right? Because it's not even like a, a big Bollywood with like dance numbers and stuff that I'm aware of. Yeah. But the, the soundtrack, the other thing I found, the soundtrack apparently was a very big deal. Mm. Uh, and when you bought a copy of it, the, the stores were instructed to wrap the cassette in jeans. Oh, wow. Wow. So that was, that was a big thing. But yeah, this I'm going to bring it back up here because this is good. just yeah so i was trying to remember the other day um so i run a, a pub quiz once a week and a couple of weeks ago the music round was um oh what did i call it it was hindi covers of western songs and there were some oh, really cool. good ones in there but i was trying to remember the name of that indian instrument the drum it's got this really distinct sound and it's on the, that the song the tabla, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's that, just 
such a great unique sound it really is it's one of my one of my favorite instruments and i i hardly ever hear it uh you know unless i'm like listening to uh obviously it's there uh ravi shankar set on concert for bangladesh you get to yeah. hear some of it man but, i will i will send you this uh it's a cover of an ed sheeran song but it's got that instrument in it and it's just oh, cool. it's great i mean i'm yeah. not a huge fan of ed sheeran but Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I probably don't know the song, mm-hmm. but I, I love, I love Tabos, man. It's so good. Amazing. All right. Um, yeah. And the, it's, it's funny looking up like the artist I saw, sometimes there's a first name, sometimes there's a last name. I saw it a couple of times. Sometimes I saw the first name split as into two. Okay. So yeah. Nith, Nithyashri is what I, I ended up writing down. Mm, I am not the best at pronunciation, so I'm not even going to try. But it's a very valiant effort. <laughs> I, I do, I do have a tendency, no matter what what language something's in, it, it, except for German, everything else sounds kind of Spanish when I do it. Yeah, that's fair. Like I, I apparently read, you know, French with a Mexican accent. Amazing. It's, <laughs> it's the uh, um, phonetics that i i learned yeah exactly so. exactly that's so interesting german or nordic stuff i i can do okay i took a good semester of german sorry my dog is whiffing to be let out into the garden all right so i'm gonna do that and we'll be right back after this i think we're good okay <laughs> all right should we- you go on to the on to the next one yeah okay this is black eyed peas songs a8 yo son what you think about them peas though yo yo i don't know oh yeah a little intro skit they are some old las vegas bro. they move too much yeah, i can't man. take them too serious i mean they ain't talking about no six throw no impalas i, I like a, a skit nobody. on the first oh, album yo my man i got a plan to do it all uh, i got a plan that none of y'all ever thought about cause underground niggas don't be thinking i'm going kind of nino like lincoln how can you make moves when you always strap under i plan to read the surface to learn more about the thunder wonder what really makes the world go round not thugs cause thugs go round the brain of a brother's down you'll be in it for a quick blink but when you start to sink you'll be deeper than you was when you should have stopped to think about your consequence your actions don't make lots of sense brothers use a wicked life cause of lack of confidence the devil dragged you for your sins now you get paper rain and that's no accident you let it slip so it went the rest of your development you should have took time to prevent the confiscation of your monument now you're washed up and a nobody no one to blame but your body you're living life hectic and uneasy you chose to be involved with no deals and crises in the whole cause of lust and greed your mind's held captive and unable to exceed come and follow the people give you what you need we proceed to give you what what Everybody's goal is to win, but others getting caught up within the line of committing sins. And everybody seems to want to rule. It's so ridiculous. We got to find the right cure. We approach to be- that, That's my favorite little bit right there, coming back in from the chorus. Yeah. All right. Original Black Eyed Peas, first album. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, 
kind of going back to the whole hipster thing. I liked yeah. them before they were famous. This well, they, is one they of those were much, groups for me. <laughs> they were a much different band before they were famous. They were so it, different. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out the timeline of life um, because this album came out in... Mm, 98 is what I've got written down here. Okay. And the second album came out in 2000. Yeah. So I think that would have been out by the time I made this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would have. Um, And I went to go and see them. Oh, cool. They had Macy Gray on their first album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Featuring on one of the tracks. And that was before her, before she got really big. Before I try. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, And then she was going to be performing with them. She's on a couple of tracks on their second album as well. She was meant to be performing in London. So I went to go and see them. And then uh, kind of rumor went around the venue that she was too stoned to come out on stage. <laughs> so, oh, no. uh, so yeah, she didn't come out. It was just it was just the three guys because this was before Fergie joined the band or group, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, they used to be really different. They used to do loads of. They were like break dancers. That yeah. was their their shtick was. What um, they were being criticized for in the sketch at the beginning of the the song. They move around too much. Yeah. Yeah. I even, I bought a t-shirt at that gig that said, support your local B-boys. Yes. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. But yeah, they, they were, they were pretty different back then, but. Um, they, yeah. Like that, that original Black Eyed Peas, I don't think I would mind seeing it at a Super Bowl halftime. Yeah. But the halftime they did, it was, uh. Not among my favorites of the last decade. No, it's it's one of those things. Like I don't begrudge them for becoming so big and popular. Yeah. I think good on them. They've made their money, but I don't know. Like musically, the direction they ended up taking. Yeah, it's a bit it, disappointing, it, really. Isn't it, it didn't capture me. It didn't hold me in, and it's kind of affected this song for me, honestly. Like, like yeah. okay, you talk a big game. Yeah. But yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. Yeah. I think uh, behind the front used to be on on my kind of semi regular rotation, but I've not listened to it for a really long time, and I think that's got something to do with it. It's just I I would not consider myself a Black Eyed Peas fan these days. Yeah. You know? Well, and what what's fun also about early Black Eyed Peas? You're not the only person to have put something from the first two albums on a mixtape for me. Okay. Uh, my other internet friend, uh, uh, who I met because she was at her friend's house. I knew her friend, like uh, her friend Sam, our mutual friend Sam, had moved from England to Florida. And again, MSN Instant Messenger. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was talking to Sam, had kind of a weird conversation going. She's like, oh, no, this is her friend. And we ended up talking about music and being friends for, for a long time. And she put, um, I think it was for uh, my college radio show. Uh, when, when my co-host quit after the second show, first show maybe. And I, I panicked and was like, Hey, someone else curate half my show for me. Um, and you, you, you did and she did, and that was it. But she, yeah, she also had a, a black eyed peas. What it is. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Was that get from into the first? You. Yeah, I think yeah that that's from the first one. album. Oh, that's on the first album. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, two two people <laughs> representing that first album, and and I never pursued it any further than that. I think possibly because by the time I got back off my mission, Ella Funk was out, and that's what the peas were. And I like the the songs again, Jen. She stayed with it through that album. She put some of that on on a mixtape. Like you're back in the real world, listening to 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 secular music. Here's some stuff you missed, and yeah, I, I like that. Okay, so there's a song that she put on there, uh, Black Eyed Peas song, not Shut Up or ah, uh, oh, dang it. But for years, I thought it sampled. Um, the Yardbirds. What's the what's the yard for your love by the Yardbirds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that uh, Pump It sampled uh, Miserloo, uh, Dick Dale and the Deltones. Mm-hmm. Um, until I was I was working on a mix for one of my nieces, and I was like, oh yeah, Yardbirds. So that you know they'll hear this and they're like, oh, that's from that Black Eyed Peas song. But then I listened to that Black Eyed Peas song. It is she had sent me a mashup. Oh. It, it definitely does not actually sample for your love by the Yardbirds. Interesting. Yeah, I'd quite I, like I, to hear that mashup. It's 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 pretty good. I'll see if I can find it. I'll I'll send it and I'll uh, you know obviously put it up on the international internet strangers strangers socials. For that's, sure. That's part of the fun. Is <laughs> oh I remember this song. Everybody gets to listen to it now. But yeah, and it's, I think this one also ended up on your, your hip hop mix. Oh, I doubled up. That's bad. <laughs> oh, there, there is one track that, that you doubled up, definitely doubled up on. And I'm very glad that you did, but we'll, we'll get to that. Mm. We'll get to that one. Um, anything else on the peas? Uh, not really. I mean, I guess like this was also around the time that I was really into just watching MTV for hours and hours. Oh yeah. Um, and the video for joints and jams from this album. Uh, I can't even remember what happens in it, but I remember there's lots of bendy people. <laughs> I really liked it. Uh, but yeah, I guess, I guess for people listening to this who may not be aware of black IP's early stuff, I'd say it's that first album is definitely worth checking out. Oh, and I, I would also say, and I'll, I'll share this also through the uh, through the socials. Um, there's a, a sketch on Kroll Show that's kind of a lampoon of the arc of of Black Eyed Peas from <laughs> yeah, from uh, you know conscious backpack hip hop to weird sci fi superstar thing. It's How funny. It's it's a very good, very good sketch. All right, well let's yeah let's roll on. Cool. Uh, Next track, Life from the Itchy Side, DJ Vadim and Skinny Man. Yeah, dealing with the Russian percussion. DJ Vadim and Skinny Man. Life from another side. From life to an itchy side. We don't check for the KGB. We come to the north side of London to check the MUD. Skinny Man. Help her and it right, so we'll show you how we do. No ramping, check it. As it's this, I'll take an insight to the style of all those itchy town cats for bringing you the mud bars. For a while I've been investigating this system I'm in, I've tried to show you the art. 
I didn't know when to begin Policing thieves are on the street Society meets Extremes and good and bad Don't have to make the cipher complete It's like a big tourist attraction For monopolies to run They've come to spend their money So they're bound to get done By any local ghetto youth Who's waiting out on Camden Lock Not any in particular Because you'll find there's a lot They're on that plot for Queen's heads Their pockets are rough They're blagging out They're selling green But they ain't holding no stock I reckon 80% of those youth They smoke rock Some try to kick their habits But they can't seem to stop Well the shops are gonna screw If the cash don't drop They can't afford for this to flop So now they flood the place with cops Eagle eye, CID and CCTV Running pure fuckery Within the police community So paranoid They don't never travel In less than free Harassing me Skunga P From the MUD Now they was interrupted By my little mudrin Baron B Who said I'm a youth who runs Scammed them differently See I was born In the care right, of your community here Because this song was something I didn't realize uh, at the time. What I love about this, no chorus. Ah. It's no chorus. I've never noticed that. And okay. I was like, there's, there's not going to be a place to jump in here. I'm just going to have to. <laughs> there's, it doesn't even seem to have like a. a oh, I guess there's a, a scratching break yeah. later, which is really good. It's it, scratching in songs, especially when there's like a, a dialogue sample. Mm. Um, yeah, let me see if I can find it on here. Wow. Let, 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 let me explain. Yeah, that, uh, let me explain. There's... I mean, that's very science, isn't it? That's, that's yeah. very Incubus's vibe. Um... Yeah, abs- absolutely. But there's, there's anytime there's that vocal bit, I'll get that vocal scratching bit in my head hmm. and I have no idea what song it's from. <laughs> there's, there's a, another song. And uh, again, I've lost what it is. It ends with like a, I don't lose I don't, I don't, I don't lose. It's mm-hmm. from uh, Devil's Advocate. It's Al Pacino. Oh. And I, I had forgotten about the sample entirely until I finally watched Devil's Advocate. And I was like, I know that, that that's from the end of a song. No idea what it is. Hmm. No, it's not ringing any bells, but I will keep my ear out for it. <laughs> Uh, so okay, so uh, yeah, how'd you find uh, DJ Vadim there? So, hmm, I remember that this around this time, like some of my friends were getting into kind of I can't think of another word for it other than like electronic dance music. Um, yeah, and I didn't like it as much like i i quite liked some of the drum and bass stuff some jungle some hip-hop but the more kind of like i don't know hardcore and stuff that people were going out to clubs to was just not really my cup of tea um and there was a record store in soho in london called sister ray and uh yeah we used to go and hang out there sometimes and people would buy cool dance records and I didn't really know much about it, but I ended up buying this because uh, I think it was in the like alternative hip hop section. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just really loved it. And this track in particular, like the lyrics just kind of chimed <laughs> with me. So there's a bit he says about like any local ghetto utes who hanging out on Camden Lock. Yeah. Uh, and they're blagging how they're selling green, but they ain't holding no stock. Like <laughs> that just... We used to hang out in Camden, and that was such a thing. You'd get these dodgy guys hanging around, be like, "Yeah, yeah, you want to, you, you want to buy some weed," and then they'd just steal your money. Not, it didn't happen to me, but I know people it happened to. So yeah, it just kind of 
it felt over time. And it, yeah, that's, that's what I, what I get from listening to it. It's like, this is so local. Yeah. I have very little idea what, <laughs> what exactly is being referenced most of the time. CCTV. I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that one. But, it's, it's mostly about smoking and selling weed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I can, I can kind of tell like, oh, that's slang for weed. That's slang for cocaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't don't hassle me. Hassle the one that's selling bone. I know. I I get that. Yeah, I yeah. figured that bit out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's not uh, completely relevant to my life experiences, but there were things in there that like. But it, at know. least you know some of the the streets and, and all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the the title I, I hadn't been able. To, I didn't look super deep into it, but uh, uh, life from the itchy side. Uh, Skinny man's also got a song called like Itchy Town. Do you know what that's in reference to? Just like that. No, I or? I always assumed, although I might be completely wrong. I thought. <laughs> now I'm saying it out loud. It sounds very wrong, but um, <laughs> that it had something to do with like scratching records. Oh yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, well, I, don't I mean know. the. Uh... Who's it? The, oh, the Linkin Park scratching song on the first record is called Cure for the Itch. Mm. And it took me a couple of years before uh, I said I mentioned that. And someone's like, oh, yeah, that's just scratching. And then we all put all the pieces um, together. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that 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 whole album is, is very diverse because, you know, DJ Vadim does the beats and, the, and then he yeah. has like guest vocalists and stuff. So it's very, very different. Um, there's a few really great tracks on there. Um, it's it's one of my uh, like <laughs> you know they say that like that your favorite music, your favorite albums is from when you were around thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. So this came out in nineteen ninety nine when I was fourteen. So there I think go. this definitely ticks the box for that theory. Yeah, I I love the. Um just the vibe of the beat, like how mm. sparse and like the, the, the tink, tink, tink sounds. Ding, 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 ding. I love that. Like I, I, you don't hear that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it creates a definite, a definite like warehouse sort of vibe, mm. but not like at night when the rave is happening, but like just it's kind of empty and there's not much going on. Mm. Kind of echoey kind of. Yeah. I, I like that one. It's in then like, Oh yeah, it does that thing I like where it's a rap song with no chorus. That's <laughs> like so many MF Doom songs. I'm like, ha, you don't need a yeah. hook. Just rap well. That's all you need. That's that's my pretentious hip hop hipster. That's my uh that 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 black eyed peas song, there's so much of that as well. Just like this is your first album. You don't have to just say all of hip hop is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Bet you like, regret that at, now. Look at us, we're not gangsters. Well, you're you're something. You did choose your lane. All right. Okay. All right. This we're we're gonna actually listen to a whole song here. This next one. We're just gonna I'm just gonna play it and we're gonna talk about it. Well you're in your little room and you're working on something good. But if it's really good, you're gonna need a bigger room. And when you're in the bigger room, you might not know what to do. You might have to think of how you got started sitting in your little room. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
Uh, that's Little Room by the White Stripes. 50 seconds of perfection. <laughs> it, it really is. And and this is, uh, I had mentioned on the, the last uh, episode, uh, it took me a while to get into the White Stripes. This hit me right as I was like, why are they playing Hotel Yorba after Rammstein on MTV2? Because I guess they're both, you know, alternative, but I was not prepared for for Hotel Yorba after uh sauna you know <laughs> and so and so this song in particular did not help because <laughs> it it is abrasive it's got that that white stripes abrasiveness that i've yeah. i've since come to to quite enjoy um so would this have been one of the tracks that you struggled with when... yeah oh abs- yeah. absolutely but i did turn with it it did mm. it did come around for me uh, a, a little bit, even before I, I finally committed to enjoying the White Stripes. Um, I had a friend in college who loved White Stripes, played it all the time. I was like, oh, this this one sounds like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You know, a couple on the, the first. So that's from the third album, mm. the White, White Blood Cells. And something I didn't realize until looking at stuff, you know, years later, uh, every White Stripes album has a, a little something. Uh, De Style has okay. a Little Apple Blossom. Uh, I think it's Get Behind Me, Satan has Little Acorn, uh, Icky Thump has Little Cream Soda, yeah, Little Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. That's so a, a regular on my Halloween playlists. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I search White Stripes Little, there's a, a YouTube video, uh, just little songs. Yeah. So I have to watch that. If I find a spare 11 minutes, I'll have to watch that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I don't know why I chose this track in particular. I think I just quite like how stripped back it is. It just feels mm-hmm. very, it's just fundamentally white stripesy. Yeah, no guitar either. Yeah. It's it's just, and Meg White is one of my favorite drummers. Mm. Again, realizing you don't have to be the most complex to be really good at something. I just I just love the drums on those white stripes tracks because... It's enthusiastic, yeah, and uh, and it is not trying harder than it needs to. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's an awesome song. I love the the notion of it. Um, yeah. it's 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 really clever. I think that's one of the things that, like, even when I was like, "This is hard to listen to," I was like, "But that is good." Uh, about how you've got your whole life to write your first album and then you've got 18 months to write the second one. Mm. And one, one of the things, and this is kind of part of the White Stripes vibe uh, that I think about is how often like people make in early movies, um, like the early in their own careers, come up against like budgetary limitations or mm. something like, oh, well, we can't afford to do this or the studio won't let us do this. And it ends up... M- they have to make a decision that makes the movie a uh, hundred times better. Yeah. Like I just listened to a podcast about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. which is when I, as an adult, I didn't see a Texas Chainsaw until I was an adult. It's a beautiful piece of cinema. Yeah. It is for something with the very deliberately aggressive title, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is, it is 
very, very well done and very tasteful. And part of the reason is they couldn't really afford a lot of effects on it. Yeah. I'd so say, they... I'd... Sorry, you... Yeah, carry on. So, I was so going to say, like... um, Go ahead. I, yeah. I went to a Q&A with uh, Gunnar Hansen, who played Leatherface. Yeah. So I've got lots of trivia. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so they, uh, like, they couldn't... When they were doing the, the meat hook scene... Mm. They're talking like, well, we can kind of do this. It, it's not going to look as good. So they just kind of cut away and let your your brain fill in the rest. Yeah. And there's very little blood in the, the whole movie. It's very... Toby Hooper thought they were going to get a PG rating. <laughs> it's like, I, I took all the blood out and I toned down the language. I thought we were going to get a, a PG. Yeah, it's one of those great bits of trivia. Like, how many people are actually killed with a chainsaw in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Very few, because they couldn't afford to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the other uh, issues was they couldn't replace any of the props if they broke, because they didn't oh, have any yeah. money. So well, it... I, I don't know if they mentioned this on the podcast you listened to, but um, Gunnar Hansen was saying, it was, uh, one day on set, they all had some pot brownies, and they're all really stoned. <laughs> and then Toe Pooper was like, okay, you need to, I can't remember if he chops down the door or kicks down the door or something. Uh -huh. um, but it's like, we've only got one door, so we can only do this in one take. And he was really stoned and paranoid. And he's like, oh, I'm going to mess it up. But, uh, it does <laughs> It does change <laughs> change the way I view it when I watch it back now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Gunnar Hansen did not have a change of wardrobe. Yeah. And they didn't trust any laundry place to get the, the filth back on it quite right so he wasn't able to change uh change outfits or Ooh. you know wash his clothes for that whole shoot i bet that was middle, pretty funky middle of the texas sun yeah and uh one of the other things they mentioned is the the dinner scene mm. uh the oh, the grandpa once he got in that makeup he's like i'm never doing that again so they had to shoot that whole dinner scene in they they did 36 hours Oh, a wow. lot. So a lot of that's daytime. They've got blackout curtains. It's hot. There's one bathroom for 40 people. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, just like apparently an awful film to be a part of. I can imagine. Yeah. So who will survive and what will be left of them? Not just on the screen, but the crew. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Amazing. So the white stripes. Yeah, sorry. We but, went off on the tangent there. No, but that that song is is one that really, really, really turned around for me, mm. and I love because it's again fifty seconds. It is yeah. it's a thesis, is what it is. It's it's fantastic. Mm. I I remember whenever I used to go and see the White Stripes, they always used to do this thing. Instead of having a support band, oh. they would play like old kids shows. That that sounds right. Yeah. That's great. So I, I think I saw them about three or four times and they had like, I want to say the Thunderbirds at one of them. Do you know that one? It's like a puppet thing from the UK. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Thunderbirds. And there's a, uh, and Captain Scarlet, same type yeah, of yeah. puppet. The, that uh, uh, for the listener, um, it's, it's the style they were doing in team America world police. Yes. But it's yeah. the original six sixties. Yeah think so yeah definitely yeah. before my time but uh, <laughs> you know very famous style anyway yeah very recognized that's that's great all right um 
okay yeah let's let's roll on we we're doing well mm. we got four songs okay okay this one what holds you up oh. when the earth lets you down what holds you up when gravity's corrupted i hope atoms are enough because eve sure ain't coming the temperature's up in the afternoon sun the hand through the breaker but the circuit's still humming the man tried to break her but the switch kept on running All the way through the song till we get the hook. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't let out. <laughs> Here we'll we'll pause it with a few seconds left so we don't end up playing another full song. I yeah, I was like, oh, we'll get to hide me from next February. We'll get to to the hook. Um, so song hide me from next February uh, by Les Savvy Fav. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2000 it's from uh fr- from an ep which yes. i i like is not on the, the the full length that uh yeah that's that's a good song yeah that's that's top shelf it's it's dynamic it's got get weird vocal samples yep one one of my favorite <laughs> bits it's full of wordplay like at an acceptable level too because sometimes i'm like all right guys back back up with the with the <laughs> wordplay but arms in the armory facts in the factory sense in the century the century of centipedes that's good yeah that's that's good uh yeah i mean i i have to completely give the credit to my sister on this one this was a record that she bought um this is like that's good i'm gonna steal that <laughs> uh which happened with a lot of her CDs and and records and things, which I hope she forgives me for. But yeah, well, yeah. and ideally, that's that's the older sibling job there. I I don't know that I did that very well. Um, 
I only this year made my brother a Metallica mix. That's something I should have done 20 years ago, but yeah. I only just finally got around to it. But yeah, in terms of like the song order, I really like how obviously Little Room is really stripped down. Yeah. And then going from that into the intro of Hide Me From Next February, which obviously is just the vocal. Just the in. vocal and it, it builds. Yeah. Yeah. I, that I bass line and quite quite proud of that uh, <laughs> little segue i thought that worked quite well yeah um, absolutely. that's why i wanted to go back and hear the end of little room i ended up hitting play instead of rewinding but yeah that was and that's one of those one of those bands actually i don't know from anything else i know mm. like you i was gonna say you posted photos this was before that you sent a photograph from a show wow uh, and I was like, this, this is what these guys look like. They are on another level with yeah. the visual presentation. But... Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I got to see them live a couple of times and I, I didn't really know anything about them. Their album artwork was all just like abstract, you know, didn't have photos on it. Uh, so yeah, when I when I got to see them, the the lead singer is this this big burly guy with a beard and a big bald head. Yeah, <laughs> and he like dresses up. One time I went to see them, uh, you know, he comes on looking relatively normal, and as the gig goes on, he strips off and he's got like a diaper on, <laughs> or, or like a cat suit, and then like little whiskers on his face and stuff. So uh, yeah, it's it's a very entertaining show, um, or it certainly was, you know. I don't even know if they're still together. I know nothing about them. I, uh, yeah, I, I was just poking around their their Wikipedia before uh, before we started recording. They uh, went on a planned hiatus in two thousand five mm. uh, and got back together. Um, performed. Uh, I mean, their last record was uh, twenty ten. Mm. But they they still perform. They did a. It said they did an all tomorrow's parties. When was yeah. that? I, I saw them at all tomorrow's parties. Uh, let's see. Yeah, history. Oh, they they went to the Rhode Island School of Design in Providence, RISD, which I like the the reference they make here. It's not. Oh yeah, that's where Talking Heads went. It's some of the members were classmates of Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane. Okay, uh, cool. Uh, they play uh, playing a live performance at All Tomorrow's Parties in 2007. And hmm. I saw I another when I mention saw them of it. Was when Go Forth came out, maybe? Uh, December 2011, the band co curated All Tomorrow's Parties Nightmare Before Christmas Festival. Yeah. Some of the band members are now in the house band for Late Night with Seth Meyers. Yeah. So, yeah, that just an unexpected song for me. I mean, so much of the music on here was was unexpected stuff I've I've not heard of. But that was that's a, a solid little indie rock, post punk, hardcore sort of song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I I didn't realize how efficiently it moves on through until I, I glanced over. I was like, oh, we're over two minutes in. I was waiting for the hook. That's the very end of the song. <laughs> yeah, 
Anything else on the Savvy Five? Hmm. Um. Yeah, not really. Just yeah, like you say, great little band. Yeah. Well, folks, that is the end of another episode. Thank you so much for sticking with us. I hope you enjoyed it. As you can see, we got a little bit carried away and uh, ran out of time. So we'll pick up on this conversation in the next episode. And in the meantime, if you want to stay in touch with us, you can find all of our socials on Linktree at IISpod, or you can drop us an email on internetstrangerspod at gmail.com.